Hey guys, today's going to be a great episode, quick episode, very straight to it, little introductions. If you're new to our Connect, Holism and Politics, I am your host, Nurse K, aka Kwana Williams. I'm a registered nurse of a diverse background, including clinical research, med search, critical care areas, and throughout my years, I just want to share my thoughts on the state of healthcare. So sit back, relax, welcome to the episode, and we're going to get straight to it. So today I want to share some thoughts on global health. I know. Mere thoughts of global health. Global health. (laughs) Yeah, pretty. It's the small word for small word for a big a big challenge so the role of the practice registered nurse in global health registered nurses are licensed health professionals if you don't know who they are You know, um, pretty much we've encountered a nurse at some point in our lives. And and for sure, if you were born in America, most likely you were born in a hospital where she held your hand and ensured that you had your APGAR scar up at least at five. And that's a nurse joke. (laughs) Um, So we've all encountered nurses. We all have lived through a pandemic and right now most nurses like myself are still trying to find our place so those who have served at the bedside during one of the most horrific Horrific. Pandemics. Um, So far to date. Shout out to President Obama. Who um, jumped right on in and karate chopped that Ebola. So now we're going to talk about the role of a registered nurse in global health. Let's think about it. Global health focuses on population prevention and is critical to maintaining international security. Security. Safety, right? The the most we value in America is that we are the land of the brave and the home of the free, and we value our security. We value the fact that we have one of the awesomest, toughest military in the world. We have sensible government, we have a democracy, and we value our security. Global health is significant because it, it, it attempts 
to improve. So listen, global health, global health attempts to improve the access and quality of healthcare. Healthcare, any point of service you receive by a health professional, where that be a primary care doctor, a psychologist, psychiatrist, nurse practitioner, and registered nurse, a medical assistant, a CNA, a physical therapist, a occupational therapist, a dental hygienist, a dentist. I mean, the list goes on. Even your hospital volunteers provide a service to you within your health care setting. Nurses' roles with physicians or other health care professionals are switched from, it's been switched from the beginning, I would say. Physicians who specialize in specific fields like primary care, cardiology, health, endocrine, endocrinologists, diabetes, you know, just wanted to associate a few of those there for you. And When we think about the role that a nurse plays in the delivery of your care, this increases the services and the ability to deliver care in a vast workforce. So we have all of these intricate parts of the healthcare. We have our healthcare professionals, um, which includes our administration. The administration of your hospitals, of your healthcare system, is also a part of your healthcare. And I feel administration, the administrative side of um, healthcare seems to want to be a separate entity, as if the people they serve, the people they budget and allocate resources for, because that's what they're supposed to be doing. Um, They have separated themselves such in a way that as if the numbers and the people are not intertwined, interconnected. There's a, there's a great separation of the paper pushers um, and the real heroes. You know, those volunteers, the janitors are, let me rephrase that, our sanitation experts, administrative assistants, the, the nice young lady, young lady or young man you usually meet at the front desk, um, intricate parts. They are not separated from the delivery of care, but yet, the administrative part of healthcare seems to want to have its own, take on its own life, as if the patients they serve is not just as important as ensuring those numbers meet profit, profit, minimizing your margins and budgeting for the next fiscal year. It is 
it is also important to see a face behind those numbers. And so nurses are increasingly increasingly playing advanced responsibilities now. So we all have our spaces, but nurses, you have registered nurses, you have LPNs, and then you have advanced nurse practitioners who hold an RN license and has acquired and mastered the ability to diagnose and treat um, along with her bedside manner, which in turn, that's why we were so freaking great. Um, but these responsibilities were formerly reserved for specialists like physicians, right? And nurses have said, hey, we can help. And within the last year or so, the IOM, the Institute of Medicine, have agreed that nurses should be a part of um, advanced care. They should be seen as colleagues. Um, they should be allowed to practice at their highest end of training. Um, so nurses are freaking special, man. I think nurses always contribute to the simple things for nursing care is what we usually are driven to do more task-driven nursing other than critical thinking and um, prevention. Oh, that prevention. That prevention care is finally having a spotlight placed on it. And we've, we've had this talk for a very long time and... I think this would be a great platform to discuss the prevention strategies that we seem to not want to make our dominant healthcare approach here in the United States. And nurses have contributed greatly. I mean, I don't need to tell you that. You guys know that. You know that we're considered essential. And yet we're so essential, but it's not a crime. It's not illegal to abuse or harm or assault a nurse. It's not. It's not. For some reason, no genius have decided that this should be a thing. And why blame them? It's not happening to them. They're disconnected from it. Their administration. I mean, to feel that you are a separate body from the patients you serve, that takes something special. To not understand and not to see that your essential care workers have have families too. So if you feel so little of your essential workers to not protect them, 
from assault, what does that truly say about the way you're delivering care to your patients? So nurses also bring essential skills, abilities, ground level viewpoints. They're very influential. Um, they're used to monitoring on a consistent, you know, we, we have a skill where we monitor consistently and we pick up on subtle changes and things like that. So that is something that you really have to hone in to as a nurse. If you're a new nurse listening to this, work on your pathophysiology, work on the details. And I know with the shortage and things of that nature, um, you know, your ratios are up, staffing is down. There's no time to work on those small details, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, nurse, nurses in a macro and microsystem roles contribute to valuable experiences for your patients, to our patient population, to the people that we serve. And our views on healthcare and planning implementation, implementation will differ greatly when evaluating the pandemic and the epic epi-pandemic responses. So as a nurse, when you look at our total response um, for how things were implemented during the pandemic and have an opportunity to evaluate the measures that were put in place and understand that the policies that um, we haven't activated and those executive order ones that we all learned about nicely, graciously through the media constantly beating in our heads, that we did poorly. Especially, particularly to those of underrepresented minority marginalized groups. And the word disproportionate, it's not even, it's not even just, it's not even a justifiable word. It wasn't. It's not justified. It, it disproportionate makes it seem like it wasn't a big deal. It was a huge deal. It was a. It was a gigantic, tremendous, colossal failure to those who live in poverty, to those marginalized, to the black, to the browns of America. 
nothing could have justified the way the care was delivered and the factors that played, I've mentioned the lack of nurses being able to perform to their highest educational duties. The interpersonal conflicts amongst administration and the site staff. The inability to see past your own egos. Black and Browns with who lack healthcare access suffered tremendously. How did they suffer? The numbers reflect that. We see that majority of citizens who either contracted or are deceased are those of color. Not only that, let's go back to the prevention point because I really want to, to get this disconnected for you. Not only were they dying from people who had COVID-19, not only you died from COVID-19, but you had complications of hypertension and diabetes, you were twice as likely to die. There is a solution to prevention of comorbidities such as hypertension, diabetes, um, prevention, pre-disease. Pre this ease, resources, social determinants. Brown and black children are affected greatly. I said tremendously. I don't use that word disproportionate. It makes it sound too 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 nice. There's a tremendous colossal gap in between the health and access of our children, of brown and black children, and there are of their counterparts who are non-black down their white counterparts. So understand this. Children who are in low income, low poverty, in America 
have no idea that they're living in an unhealthy state. To them, that's normal. And seeing how the pandemic occurred and now we're in this new normal, we should have we should give them the opportunity to come along. We should give them the opportunity. That opportunity is always a suppressed word. It's opportunity. Give them the opportunity to come along. Give them the freedoms and the right to choose their healthcare providers and seek and have access to care. And that word has been thrown around a lot, access to, to healthcare. Access to healthcare, what a global issue. <laughs> But why is, why is it going to take a nurse? Why is it going to take a nurse to address healthcare on a global issue? Why does it take a nurse? Because nurses are more willing to set realistic goals based on the population that they serve. They're more likely to take realistic goals, to create realistic policies because they are trained. They are trained to provide care to the individual in front of them. Not who they want them to be, not who they expect them to be, but who they are. The holistic care that each and every one of us deserve. It is a right given underneath our ACA. I love that piece of legislation. It was the most beautiful crafted piece of legislation of my lifetime. Yeah, I loved it. Um, The ACA is the Affordable Care Act, if you guys didn't know. which was signed into into um, law by our wonderful President Obama, which I quoted earlier, definitely. Um, and why, you know, why why is it going to take a nurse, right, to combat global health issues? We're just freaking damn good at transforming. <laughs> We're fucking damn good at transforming. We are good at transforming. We are transformational agents and we have self-discipline. We think logically and with objective minds, we are able to deliver well-formed information and data. Understand, we are well-informed by data. Nurses are well informed by data. That's what we do. When you are a high performing nurse, you realize that is what you do. That's what you do. 
So the global challenges are just one checkbox in what a nurse can do. And the issues must be addressed thoroughly with a holistic mind. Holism. You are getting to know the individual with no implicit bias. We have this nursing saying, um, pain is what the patient says it is. Pain is what the patient says it is. We have the saying. But yet, we have black mothers dying in disproportionate (laughs) numbers. Maternal. Maternal health in black mothers is a disgrace which is also a global issue. Safe, clean deliveries. Safe, clean deliveries. Safe deliveries for mommy and post-op for mom. Safe deliveries safe deliveries. Did you ever wonder why this has become such a a, a topic um, over these past few years? Let me give you an insight. Maternal health is a public health crisis in the U.S. because if the state of the nation is determined, the state of health of the nation is determined by the health the maternal and morale morality rates of children's birth, baby birth, if it is then a factor of how healthy a country is, the delivery, the basically the birth, live births versus death births or deaths of infants, for those who are trying to keep up, um, then why isn't We looking at why? Why aren't we looking at maternal health as a public health crisis? And majority of the births are are that of women of color. And if the state of our health is based on the deaths and births of babies, but we have poor deaths of black and brown babies, and we're majority statistically. So. Um, where do we all fit in when it comes to caring for black and brown mothers and ensuring safe, ensuring safe births and deliveries? When we're not on the same page on this issue, not, and I've always wondered why. Is it because the constituents on one side don't really have a clue of what the importance is on having safe deliveries for black and brown mothers? So I ask for those who support safe deliveries of black and brown mothers to educate your colleagues, friends, 
Let them know. Let them know. Let them know how important it is for black and brown mothers to deliver their babies safely. Let them know that it is a public health crisis. Let them know that the majority of the babies that are born in America, America do not make it because of the color of their skin. Educate. So, to defend my argument, nurses are well positioned to have the greatest impact on healthcare outcomes for patients and through healthcare provisions and training and management and legislation, nurses in all contexts and occupations are crucial in protecting, preventing, controlling, developing diseases. Do you see, let me say that again. Nurses of all contexts, it is all, all our duties, nurses, it is our duty to be able to identify the crucial steps for preventing, protecting, controlling and de- of developing diseases on a macro and micro systems. It is also our duty to educate, educate, Educate our newer or younger or less experienced nurses. And it's it saddens me. Um, my BFF, shout out Miss Green, woo-woo. Um, and our health literacy education director here at Well Connect. Um, she told me this story and it's really disturbing. Um, although she is a very experienced wonderful, intelligent. I gotta say all these nice things that she's gonna get me. Um, Woman, she's been an LPN for longer than she's been an RN, but you couldn't tell. Sometimes it just comes down to credentials. Um, She's extremely smart. And she and I met on a travel assignment. Um, If you know anything about me, I am a... You know, I'm a senior travel nurse. That's what I do. I, I like I like learning systems and then moving on. <laughs> um, and that's the best way because I bring it to you. I bring it to the community. I'm, um, we well connect, you know, we're devoted to ensuring that what's available anywhere is available everywhere. Okay. I'm gonna say it again. Well Connect is dedicated to provide the healthcare system techniques, teachings, and technology to the community directly into our healthcare systems because any advances of healthcare anywhere. All advances of healthcare anywhere should be available everywhere to everyone. We all, all of us have 
the right to be provided health care until we have exhausted our means. We should not be deprived from opportunities because we're not geographically located or we don't have the means. So working with communities and families to improve access of utilization of excellent healthcare programs is one of our goals, one of our driven missions. And we include preventative activities that are essential to marginalized groups. And when you have a holistic view on healthcare, you have a holistic view on policies. Um, and what drives home for this conversation is preventative activities. Again, we're circling back to that. Prevention, we can be prepared. Preparation equals progress. Poor preparation equals chaos. And you can always be prepared. It's it's not always going to be dark, you know. You can always be prepared. You can't always be prepared, but you can ensure or put, have measures in place. Um, And to give some credit, there are there are pretty much a great deal of measures that are in place um, for um, for sustainability through a um, global crisis. But since we've gone through this, as I like to call it, portal, my spiritual um, guru probably like to hear that one. Um, as, as I headed through the portal, through the pandemic portal, of course, I realized that this is more important for our future health services, the systems of tomorrow. After a global pandemic, what is there to say? We've adapted the term new normal. But will the healthcare systems return to business as normally? That question is that place I will place in the hands of administrators of these healthcare systems. Where are you taking your systems in the next five years? Besides the COVID-19 measures that have been implemented because of the pandemic, what else? What's new? What 
what else have you been doing to ensure a new normal system? We're ultimately, we're ultimately all scared to ask how we're doing. I think there's a there's a lot of people who really shy away from asking nurses, how are you doing? Well, with today's fast-paced nursing and healthcare setting, nursing leadership is in has a challenge to think outside the box at all strategies. Every day, nurses are confronted with new and more challenges, difficulties, skill difficulties. So I read an article by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation that stated that the new nurses are ill-prepared and ill-equipped to carry on the duties of their licensure because the, the pandemic has affected their skill and their competencies. So no fault to them. So just keep just keep that in mind, senior nurses, when you're out here with your new grads and your new nurses. Have some compassion. Be gentle. Do you understand? Can you put yourself in their shoes? Having to not only graduate with only two weeks of vast nursing knowledge. Now, we all know it's two weeks. We all been there. Seven years ago, I was sitting in that same seat, and so were you. So were you. So the sly comments, the nastiness, the ganging up on each other, ease up a bit. You have colleagues who you have no idea what they're going through at home. You have new graduate nurses who who is who are terrified, terrified of making a mistake because we all saw on the news how they all treat nurses and seen that we're at least on the totem pole even by evidence of the fact that assaulting a nurse is not even abuse or assault and it's there's no protection for us. We should be the first ones in line to protect each other. No matter what we look like, no matter the color of our skin, the matter of our educational background, the division between LPNs, RNs, the BSNs versus the the RNs, the ICUs versus the ER nurses, what type of nonsense and chaos do you guys practice in? We are nurses. We have vowed to go over for integrity and do no harm. And yes, that extends to your colleagues as well. Do no harm. As nurse leaders, because we all are leaders, all every nurse is a leader. Every nurse is a leader. 
Every nurse is a leader. Working cohesively to create the machine that pushes and drives the healthcare systems of America. So our culture should reflect the values, not the history. 